stretch it out. Come on. Uh, didn't even get one word in. All right. Well, we'll get back to that. Uh, sit right back and get comfortable. This is Broker Talk. We are the one and only podcast for everything related to real estate. And we are broadcasting from the top of the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Jim Lowenstern, and my co-host today is Larry Lawfer. How are you doing today, Larry? Uh, my lawyers tell me that I don't have to answer that question, Jim. Okay. Well, we're going to go back to the music. Uh, d- can we can we squeeze out a, a couple of... Uh, there we go. There we go. To see That's Buzzy Linhart, the great and now unfortunately late Buzzy Linhart, passed away this week at the age of 76. He wrote the big song, uh, You Gotta Have Friends. Bette Midler had a big hit with that. Um, There was another, I'm trying to think if it was Carole King. She did one of his songs, had a big hit with it. Uh, he had about six albums. He, he was just uh, amazing. And uh, he was also an actor, lots of things, and a vibraphonist. And um, if I'm rec- remembering correctly, I was at his concert, and he jumped off the stage and tripped on my shoe <laughs> and <then laughs> landed on our table. And, uh, yeah, okay, well, back to... <laughs> yeah, back bro- to the show. Yeah, back to broker talk. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you should get a Buzzy Linhart album. Everyone should... Uh, should uh, download uh, from iTunes Buzzy today. Okay, Larry, who do we have on our show? Uh, we have a great guest today. I've known Kelly Catalo for a good long while, as long as I've been involved in the industry. Kelly has so many accolades. Uh, she is a certified residential specialist. She's the CEO and um, of uh, Cosmopolitan Real Estate up in Medford. Kelly speaks nationally. Medford, Massachusetts. Medva. And uh, she's a trainer, sharing her relationship building and motivational talents with others. I've been in the room when she's uh, speaking. She's excellent. For over two decades, uh, Kelly has been an active participant in her community. And as a lifelong resident, she has served on school committees, multiple boards. Uh, she is involved in the Kiwanis Club of Medford charitable and educational foundation in 2016 she won the good neighbor award this is a real estate award for the agent who has done the most for uh, their community she won it both at the greater boston association of realtors that year and the mass association of realtors wow and i'll bet kelly doesn't know i was actually on that committee that year and uh, there were a lot of good uh, stories but Kelly won out. Uh, Kelly is right now, and the reason why she's joining us today is that she is the educational chairman uh, for, I believe it's MAR, uh, the Mass Association of Realtors. And uh, understanding what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it is vital to keep our profession uh, working well. Uh, Welcome aboard, Kelly. Thank you, Larry. So one little thing we got to call up here. I am not the chair 
of the Education Committee for MAR. I am definitely on that committee. It's a great group of people putting together some educational items for our realtors. You know, we're 25,000 members strong in the state of Massachusetts, and we want to keep all our educational offerings up to date and make them things that are affecting the industry now. But I am the education chair for the Residential Real Estate Council here in Massachusetts. And actually, we cover all the New England region. And so what I do as education chair is with the Residential Real Estate um, Council, there's a designation that realtors can earn. And it's the only designation that they can't just go out and buy. They have to earn it. And they earn it via their sales and also the amount of hours that they put into education. I like to call it the MBA of what what is it again? Is that CRS? It is the yeah CRS, which is the Certified Residential Specialist designation. It is given out by the Residential Real Estate Council, and actually, less than three percent of the realtors nationwide have earned that designation. Yeah, we we have very someone, much a coveted item. We have someone in our office, uh, and and you need to keep it up every year. You need to pay them dues. Uh, well, that's for all your designations. More than, more than that, more than that, you need to take educational courses. So we're trying to make sure that what we're offering is, you know, cutting edge, and it's things that realtors need to know in your business. And with the market changing constantly and the social environment changing, there is an awful lot for realtors to know these days. Um, I've had people come to me, and I send them out to take the licensing course, and take the test and they come back and tell me they think that they just went through the first semester of law school with the amount of education they had to learn just to get their license. And, you know, it's important to keep up with what's going on in the environment. A big thing right now is marijuana. So we're looking at bringing a national speaker to Massachusetts to educate our realtors on, you know, marijuana and residential real estate. How does it affect the transaction and what do people need to know? We just, we just did a show about yeah. that, uh, Kelly, about three weeks ago. Yeah, Snoop Dogg was on okay. the show. <laughs> yeah, Snoop, Snoop Dogg and uh, uh, who's the other one? Anyway, a, a guy um, who is an operator and, and also in the process of buying and selling real estate. But, Kelly, I wanted to let you know that the Certified Luxury Home Marketing Specialist, you also have to study and you have to pass that test. And my understanding is that uh, that's given out by the International Luxury Home Marketing Association, and also a Larry, 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 I think we're talking about two different things. Absolutely, certified we're talking about two different. Yeah, certified residential specialist is what I was talking about. He knows. Uh, I, I understand. I understand. And I was talking about the other one that that you have to take oh, the test. Oh boy. Okay. There's another one. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one, and that's what I was saying. So, uh, but we're, we're moving on uh, from that because what we're interested in is what, what are the differences now with the education than there were, say, 10 years ago? Besides cannabis. So, what's the difference? You know, we're getting, I've been in real estate 28 years, and I can remember 28 years ago, you know, once a month the realtors would get together and have a face-to-face meeting, and... There might be a zoning change in one of the cities. Nothing major changed the industry. Nothing major shook it up. Today, you've got so many things coming at you. You've got um, zoning regulations. You've got housing issues with subsidies and vouchers. You've got finance issues and 
you know, what people need to do in order to be able to get a loan and how are we going to do it to make sure that, you know, we don't end up in the situation that we were in in 2007, 2008 with all the bad mortgages. You've got um, lead paint issues. You've got asbestos issues, environmental issues, uh, marijuana issues. You've got rentals. You know, so many people are going out there saying, sure, I can rent your property. They haven't got a clue what they're doing. It's like hiring the dentist to do the doctor's job. So if they're going to be in the rental industry, they should get an education about what they really need to do in order to make that transaction go through properly. Uh, you know, buyer agency, seller agency, you know, what is it and how do you practice it right? So, you know, you're not calling your, you know, insurance company saying, I need to file a claim. So, so errors and emissions. It's changed so much. Kelly, do you do um, uh, dual agency in your office? No, I do not do dual agencies. So let me tell you about what I do here. I am a boutique real estate firm. I opened it up 10 years ago. I have five agents that work for me. I endeavor to only represent one client at a time, and we're going to represent them as a team. So we're not going to have a situation where I'm representing If a buyer comes to me to buy a home that I've already listed for the seller, no, I work for the seller. End of story. I think dual agency is bigger can of worms than I ever feel like dipping my toes into. Okay, so the buyer comes to you and they say, I, I really just want to work with you when I buy this house. It's your listing. Um, that You just have them sign the agency disclosure saying that you represent the seller. Am I correct? Correct. Correct. And okay. I've done it numerous times. That's fine. So they understand that. They understand that. And that's what they're willing to you're willing to give up a representative now, on their side of the table in order to work with me directly. Sure. Now, if they feel that they need representation and they say to you, um, I'd still be uh, happy to work just within your company. Uh, you have other agents. Let one of them represent me. Will you allow that? At, at that point, I would go to my seller and I would tell my seller the situation and my seller would have to agree to dual agency. I am a small firm. I am the broker. So agency always lays with the broker. So even if one of my agents goes and represents the buyer and I'm representing the seller, it's still a dual agency situation. Okay. So that there, I would make, there's so many documents that are involved in that to make sure that all the parties are aware. And actually, there was a court case recently. It was within the last year, and I don't remember the name of it, but an agent who had had everybody, you know, sign that they would be open to dual agency did not have um, the document signed stating that they specifically had a dual agency situation, and then that turned into a lawsuit. Education will keep everybody out of the courtroom. We uh, we had um, uh, a lawyer on, and we did a whole show about that. That's why we were we were talking about that. You do have to be careful, and including the timing on it. You have to have if you have a light uh, an agreement with your seller, and the seller is, has allowed you to do dual agency or some uh, version of that, uh, then they have to be the first one to sign before you get the buyer to sign. So I it said that I would go back to my seller client yeah. because the seller is already my client. Exactly. I was just reiterating that point because I think it's important. Timing is Absolutely. is important in these 
uh, signing of the agreements. So um, it, would it still be dual agency as um, two of your agents, one's got the listing and one has the buyer? Absolutely. Still dual agency. If it's my agent, agency lies with the broker. So when you say the broker, the office. I'm the broker. So if it's two of my agents, I can designate each one of them to a side of a transaction. If I'm involved in the transaction, it's automatic dual agency. If I'm not involved, it's just the two of them, I can create designated agency. Designated. But again, it's important that everyone is made aware and everyone signs the documents on the timeline. Okay. I think in terms of education, Jim, and um, uh, all agents have to. Uh, every two years renew their license and they need only 12 credit hours which is is a pitiful short amount of education but um, I think that what I was the uh, courses I was taking back when I first started and the courses I'm taking now are very different I think the technology has has really changed it I think the uh, way the industry has changed with Redfin with Zillow uh, with uh, EXP, with uh, uh, Compass right now. Uh, they're disrupting the industry in a different way, and so we need to teach the professionals how to deal with these different things. So, Kelly, uh, before opening your own office, who did you work for? What company? I worked at Remax, and I was at Remax for 10 years. And why, uh, why did you want to open up your own company? So... There's a little bit of a, a bump in the road that happened between those two associations, but I was at REMAX. It was 2008, and at that, in those days, I did both residential and commercial property. I would sell office buildings, apartment buildings, and stuff like that. And um, in 2008, if you can remember, Larry, we weren't selling a lot of much, were we? It was the worst year in real estate. Um, and I can remember it instead of selling 40 houses, I only sold seven that year. And a client that I had done a market analysis for in an apartment building had me return the keys to the apartment rental broker because he gave him the listing on the property. And I said, I don't understand. He says, well, Cal, here he knows all the people. He put them in there. Okay, well, I'll go hand over the keys. And that person turned around and offered me an opportunity and had a vacant office and a chain of rental offices and said, why don't you come in here and open up a business? And we had a conversation, and I said, why don't you rental? And he said to me, well, right now, Cal, nobody's doing anything. Why don't you take it? It was, a, it was a tough time in my life. I had recently gotten divorced, and this looked like an opportunity. I went in there, built a fantastic business within probably about five or six months. I had that office making more money than any of his offices except for the top one. And then he um, had a massive heart attack and he passed away. So at that point, there was a lot of shuffling going on. And I had these people I had hired. And everybody's looking at me saying, okay, what are we doing? And I thought I was going back to REMAX. And they're like, Kel, where are we going? What are we doing? And that's how Cosmopolitan Real Estate was born. Okay. So uh, you have five agents now and yourself, six total, right? I have six now. Yep. Okay. So, At that time, I opened up with five agents. We grew to 28 agents. I had 2,000 square feet of office space. And we were primarily 
residential rentals and landlord sales. And through the years, it's evolved into a very unique boutique business where clients come to us and say, this is my real estate situation, and then we build a plan around them. So whether they need to buy, they need to sell, they need to rent, they need somebody to manage it. Um, some of them have some rather unique needs in regards to their property. That's what we do. We build our plans around that. We have an in-house marketing team. We have in-house graphic designers. Um, we have a photographer on staff. We're doing 3D technology. We're doing a lot of stuff on YouTube and Facebook. Um, our marketing is definitely not cookie cutter. Okay, so um, you had tw- 28 or so agents, and now you're back to uh, a smaller number. Um, was that was that uh, your decision to trim the fat, so to speak? Um, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, we travel down the road of life, and you know, we're at 28 agents, and then my youngest son got very sick, and we were in and out of the hospital, and. I ran my company on Skype. They did a check. They came into Boston Children's Hospital. I did everything from there. And at that point, when something like that happens in your life, you start assessing what's important. And so I started trimming them down. Um, I got rid of the huge office. We came to Medford Square. We're in 700 square feet in the storefront. Medford Square is full of independent businesses. And it's just kind of a cool place to, you know, spend our time in life. It's a nice town. Medford's a very nice town. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's grown quite a bit. Uh, is Assembly Square, yeah, well, that's Somerville. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's Somerville, Somerville. Yeah. yeah. So on the other side of the river from it, is that Medford? Yeah, it's, it's up. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that it's whole north. area has grown quite a bit. Well, it's right on it's right on uh, commuter rail, and and it's more affordable than downtown Boston. So well, it's also the red. So we have isn't a lot it the red red line. And they'll come to Memphis. Or is it the green line, or is it the orange line? <laughs> it's some color. We have the orange line. At orange line. Yeah, and there you go. We have the purple commuter rail over in West Bedford. The green line is being extended. It'll depot out up in um, Tufts University. But that'll eventually extend all the way to West Medford. Um, and then, you know, Memphis Square, Chevalier Theater actually got taken over a couple of years ago by the same production company that um, has the Wilbur. So he can sit twice as many people here as he can at the Wilbur. So he's kind of helped with the revitalization of Memphis Square. Yeah, I, I like visiting there. There's, a, there's such an eclectic mix of restaurants. I like food. Uh, if you saw me right now, you'd see my belt is larger than it used to be. <laughs> and we also have a modern pastry right here. They actually just renovated their space. And I walked in there today. It was like, it reopened the other day. And I walked in today, and they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, it looks like the North End. It looks just like the one that they have in the North End on Hanover Street, so it looks fantastic. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a different question, Kelly. What is more important, experience or education? Um, That's kind of like, it's, it's tricky. I think it's both. So I feel like 
the way that the industry is changing and evolving so much and so quickly, you need that education to stay on top of the game. But can you imagine having education without working knowledge? Working knowledge is your experience. So the broker that's out there that's been there 30 years and he could have experience, but his experience is not going to relate to today's industry without the education, right? Exactly. I, I love hearing, and it's usually from an agent who's been around for a while. You come up to something and they say, well, in 30 years, I've never heard anything about that. You know, it's so absurd because uh, when you're out there actually uh, belly to belly in real estate, you have every experience pretty much once a month. So, Kelly, uh, t- talk about your uh, your marketing on YouTube. You you sort of indicated that it's sort of out of the box. What's, what makes it so special? We do a, we, we use, when you think about YouTube, YouTube is YouTube will touch more people with your marketing than Facebook will. So it's kind of like its own little search engine. And what our marketing people here are doing is that they're taking a couple of things are going on. They're taking the 3D tools and they're turning those into moving picture videos. It is not like a slideshow or something. It's like they're walking through a home. They're adding in a lot of um, language and text and background music, and they're putting those up on YouTube, and they're marketing them from there using some demographic digital marketing that is above board. And they're getting it out to people that they would not, it wouldn't attract somebody a flat photo. So when you think about consumers today, everything is swipe right or swipe left. And you you need to be able to engage. And and that's probably like the biggest thing that's changed in the last 28 years. It's the art of engagement. So are they a texture? Are they an email? Are they video? Are they visual? Are they audio? Um, are, are, they, are they Facebook Instant Messenger? Email. How are you going to reach them and how are you going to engage with them? And I think too many people discount, you know, when you talk about the disruptors of, you know, some of these tech companies, what those tech companies are, you know, thinking is not going to rise above is human technology. And human technology. I think is going to win in the end. People want a person-to-person relationship. They want to feel. They will buy based upon how they feel. They will not. The average person buying residential real estate is going to live in it. And if they don't feel the wow factor, if they can't picture their family in that home, they're not going to buy it. That is a feeling, and as much AI as you put out there, that technology is not going to replace the human technology. Exactly. And the um, Kelly, the greatest search tool right now is Google, but YouTube is the second greatest search. Well, it's owned, right. owned by, by Google. But they're, but they're separate, and people look every single day for something. And the fact that you're putting text into your actual videos, that is searchable 
through the algorithms right now, and it just increases right. your SEO. You're absolutely right. It's a, YouTube is a great place. So what sort of texts are you putting into your, your videos? Are we just talking about the number of bedrooms or square no, foot of the lot no, or the no, address? No. Um, I think 48 Oakland Street in Medford might still be there. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to, once the home closes for the safety and the privacy of the buyer, we're trying to pull everything down. Uh, but if 48 Oakland Street is there, you're walking through this brand new townhouse and it's moving. So it's not stagnant. Um, you're, you're walking through it and, you know, you're coming back down the stairs and at one point it's saying, honey, call the movers. Uh, you know, we're putting emotion-based text in there. They don't need me to tell them that it's a four-bedroom street bath. They already read that somewhere else. You know what I mean? They need me to tell them that, you know, uh, you know, it's a spa bathroom with a sauna in it, you know, things like that. But I don't want to say it's a spa bathroom with a sauna. I want to describe the emotion. If I'm describing the emotion as, you know, you're walking through your front door and you're hanging up your coat and you're in your coat closet or your foyer closet, and you know, it's a lot to spin this off the top of my head, but if we're giving them emotion as they're walking through this video, it's kind of like upselling the game. And they're not just watching space, they're living space. And they need to live the space in order to pay the money for the space. Okay. Broker Talk is sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers. Online, go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. Sorry to interrupt. I, I think one of the uh, most important things to own in in these videos and in for the SEO is your the actual address, and uh, you you put that address in pretty much everything. The second most valuable thing I think is your town. What what's going on in that town, and that's how you get people. You build your SEO, your authority, uh, while you're online doing those things. People love video. And that's why we continue to do it. Um, so as far as education uh, moving forward, um, I know that the courses, the uh, courses that have the course numbers are always uh, based on the best standards and practices. Is, that's correct, Ke Kelly, right? And so uh, I know that there was a meeting just recently uh, uh, with the educational committees, and people had suggested new types of um, stories or, or courses to take. Uh, I heard back from that group that they had moved forward all of the suggestions that had come in and giving them an opportunity in the individual. I think there's 13 districts, or is there 17? Here in Massachusetts, I'm not quite sure. In there. I think it's, it's thirteen, though, Larry. Yeah, I, I think I have the feeling. But it, in any event, it's a G bar, and it's a it's the Central States, it's the Cape, uh, a variety of different uh, organizations that are part of Mar. Um, can you tell us anything else about uh, some of the new uh, courses that might be offered in these uh, states? And the, in these areas, regions? So, so here's what I can tell you. For the last year on the MAR Educational Committee, we have been looking for new 
fresh-faced instructors. We're looking for people that maybe they're the best at Instagram or maybe they're the best at Facebook marketing. Um, you know, different things that we're all facing in the, in the industry and things that realtors need to learn how to use. But we're looking for the people that are the best at their game that are willing to teach that to others. Um, the, the education program we're trying to include, yes, CEU credits with, you know, approved instructors, but also they're trying to bring in some great programs that help you run your business. So maybe it's a class on personal finance. Like, let's talk about it. Everybody comes into real estate. You know, they're now a self-employed person, and they're learning all this other stuff on how to market houses and whatever, but... Is anybody teaching them how to manage their real estate business? No, they're learning from the hip and they're shooting from the hip. And come December, you know, they're excited that they made all this money, but oh, now you got to pay the tax side. So did you do all these management things to manage your business correctly so that you've put that aside? Are you putting back the right percentage into marketing your business as you are into saving for a new car? Um, are you putting, you know, money aside so that you can build up to hire that assistant if you're on a team? Do you have a projection for the next three years? Do you have a business plan? So these are like some of the things that we're hoping to include through the educational committee. Every year as the industry changes, there's always new things that have to be done. You know, again, the marijuana thing came up that they're looking for somebody to write a program in that. So, um, a bunch of the educators actually did get together, and they put together a group where they were all sharing best practices and whatnot, and I was at a couple of those meetings. Um, we're so lucky. We had people like Kim Aller as an educator in the state of Massachusetts. Have you ever sat through one of Kim's classes? I have. She's awesome. She, She's awesome, but she's lively. She's engaging. And you know what that is? That's human tech. You're not going to get from a computer or, you know, technology what you're going to get from Kim. Kim is one of the best people out there to teach social media best practices. How many realtors do you see that they've got, you know, Sally Sue Realtor as their Facebook page? Well, if you go look at Mass General Law, um, what you're supposed to be doing is an agent. Well, if you work for ABC Realty, that's also supposed to be the part of the title of your page. But Kim does a great course on that. Um, and, you know, social media is, you know, it's great to advertise with, but we, we have laws and we have to fall within those. You know, we're lucky to have somebody like Kim to do something like that. She's also an approved instructor and she's also on the, um, what is she? She's a um, commissioner, I think, for the Division of Registration. But we'll have to get her on the show. Not people. Yeah. Huh? There you go. Put her on the show. I would totally put Kim on the show. But we want people like that. Um, they can fill a classroom with the people. You know, the days of just putting any teacher in there and people, you know, the realtors don't want that. They want to be engaged. They want to be educated. And I don't think that you can have education if you don't have engagement. If you can't catch my attention, you're talking at me, not to me. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. We had a great show today, Larry. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much Kelly, for sharing. Awesome show. 
Oh, Thank thanks you. for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm Jim Lowenstern. And I'm Larry Lawford. Until next week. We look forward to seeing you then.